0: This is exactly right.
1: Hello, <laughs> and welcome <laughs> to my, my favorite, favorite murder, murder the podcast.
2: The podcast. That's Georgia Heartstar. <laughs> That's Karen Kilgariff. I thought you were going to say it with me. Oh, I, didn't,
1: I was like, this is going to get old real quick. I won't, I refuse. This whole thing's gotten old, everybody. <laughs> what, 2020? Am I uh, right? Am I right, ladies and gentlemen? What a year. <laughs> well, I'm sitting here with my, uh, my drink of choice for 2020 non alcoholic beer. How is it? It's actually pretty good. People are like, "What do you? What which one do you like?" And it, it doesn't matter. It just tastes like a league yeah. pilsner. Like I haven't found one that I'm like, "This is great."
2: You know. I find, and this is probably I, we may have even talked about this, but because you just took a sip and it's in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like whether it's in a can or a bottle or you've poured it out into a frosty glass, yeah. there's a lot of ritual around drinking yes. that when you substitute what's in the glass, it kind of, yeah, we know that there's the escape aspect that yeah. can be nice, but there is the part where if you're just, if you got a nice cold bottle with you, that yeah. does a lot. It, it gets the job done yeah. Why, I don't
1: like these empty calories. It's just like at the at the end of the day and I'm like, fuck, I'm stressed out. I want to open a beer and fucking drink a beer. And it's like, yeah. well, you that's all you want. You know, I want a little bit yeah. of that tingly drunkness, but sure. it never stops there. So this is this works. Well, you know why? Because
2: it starts to tingle, and they're like, woo, let's get this thing going. And then the tingle turns into a full-on tickle, and, and then, then you're a seizure.
1: Then oh. you're- <laughs>
2: <laughs> The tickle turns into a interpreted dance in it the middle It turns of- into,
1: I'm got to sing.
2: <laughs> How is it. I your- miss it
1: thanksgiving speaking of
2: Thanksgiving, it was wonderful um it was also my dad's 80th birthday oh yeah so i drove up to be with the family stayed in the pod um yeah a lot of people being as judgmental as they can about people doing what they can do right uh for the holidays yeah I, i would say i would say if you're starting to get into things like that of like trying to run around and um, yell at people about them seeing four members of their family. Maybe dial it down a bit or yeah. look inside. Check in with yourself. Um, how are you? How am I? Because trust mm-hmm. that people are doing things after we're all we've all been in this for nine months, mm-hmm. so we know how to do things safely. And trust that we've all also had serious threats and near misses, and yeah. we're scared. We're all scared. It, assume everyone's as scared as you. Yeah, I drove up. Uh, you should have seen me at the gas stations on the five getting out Ugh. and in so quickly. My hands are like too, they're, they're horrifying. It's, I, it's like something out of a horror movie. Because of the dryness. Because of all the, oh. yeah, so much sand sanitizer. Anytime I'd go out and in anywhere, like you're washing your hands, but then you sanitize because you also touch the door yeah. and, you know, there's was a caught. whole system. Yeah. But I had to be there. Because Jim turned 80. Yeah. Home Jim is 80. And here's the thing. My sister was a genius because she planned ahead in a way that at the time bugged me. And then when it was happening, I was like, thank fucking God. Yes. Yeah.
1: It's brilliant. She
2: did she did one of those make a video ahead of time. Totally. Every she sent an email to all my dad's friends, family, people that are close in our lives. And but I would say only about Sixty percent of the people were able to actually make and return the videos yeah. because they're all also eighty or near eighty. <laughs> so there were people that would just email my sister back going, "I'm sorry, I can't do this. Yeah. Like I literally can't figure out." And it's the funniest thing because it was you
1: just pressed a button
2: and started yeah. recording. There's not some. Way, there's
1: some. I feel like we should give a shout out to whatever the site is because some brilliant fucking you know person. Came I up. think it's called tribute. Yes, that's it. It's yeah. such a smart business idea.
2: Especially in COVID. Es- especially that's the thing about it. It was all these people, because we were it was a little depressing, and it was similar to our Thanksgiving, which yeah. was a little depressing because yeah. we have a huge family and there's always minimum 25 people at every holiday. Yes. So it was a little, it was a little low-key. And then um, you know, we did gave my dad a couple regular gifts, and then Then I was like, Oh, this is not, this is a real like downer. Downer. Then I remembered my sister's video. I was like, fucking icing on the cherry on top. So it was really funny. And there was like firemen in the video that he hadn't (gasps) seen and or talked to in 20 years (gasps) because they're all retired and they, it's people he hadn't seen. Then he starts telling us these stories as people show up in the
1: video. This guy one time, then (gasps) you guys showed up in the middle. Vince and I did one. We didn't know what the fuck to say. It was really short. But it
2: was the cute everyone's was yeah. everyone kind of was just like trying to say something nice and we'll see you next year. Yeah. But it was the cutest because I, I I texted you this, but when my dad saw Vincent George... <laughs> well sorry but he when he saw Vince he yeah. went hey there's my buddy he was so surprised <laughs> that you guys did it he was so it was just the cutest it was and it was all these people going we love you we oh, miss oh, you yeah. we'll see you next year type of thing so it was it, it was, was great. so sweet
1: and I told you and Laura was we were so honored to be included you know yeah. it was just like nice and we love Jim so it was yeah. such a good idea I mean, you're some
2: of his best friends. Uh, I mean, it was really, it was very sweet. Yeah. But then he he started telling stories because, of course, there's all these firemen Mm -hmm. that that and then some some of the firemen sent my sister long emails about my dad because they couldn't make the video Mm -hmm. work and pictures where she's like, wouldn't have been great if this was in their video, but she had to do (laughs) it like separately. Yeah, it was really funny. But he started talking about this thing they used to do in the firehouse. It was like there was a picture that came up where my dad was wearing like eight sombreros uh-huh. and he goes, oh, that's hat night. So every <laughs> a different night of the week, they would have a special dinner where it would be hat night. One night it was nose night and he started to tell the story. I was like, oh, no, no, this is going to be racist. This is going to be problematic. There's going to be. And it was just like they all wore different animal noses while Aww. they ate dinner. It was like it was the cutest and it was Fire stuff where man. he would normally like remember those stories or yeah. tell those stories
1: or whatever it was hilarious that's adorable i love that it was really good um can i tell you the one thing that happened of note on our thanksgiving the day before which i was like this is going to be great to tell on the podcast and as it's gone by i'm like this isn't that interesting so i'm going to make it what? Quick. <laughs> you know what i mean can it beat nose night well it then was nose it was nose night well so vince <laughs> is going to was going to brine the turkey and the day before and then cook it the next day. So we have the big huge bag out because it's all this brining liquid on top of the turkey. So the turkey in the bag on on the counter and we're filling. I'm holding it open. He's filling it with water with all the brining shit inside. And then one of the sides of the bag slips from my hand and this tidal wave of salmonella fucking brine water splashed (laughs) all like poured on door dine into our dining room so we spent the rest of the day like um what's it called clean like steam cleaning everything (laughs) it was just this horror moment that just felt so i know that we blame everything bad now in 2020 but it was so 2020 (laughs) it was a classic 2020 thanksgiving experience yes
2: (laughs) now oh i guess it's still poultry because i was just a
1: I always think it's just chicken with salmonella. I almost don't yeah, really eat anything I else. I think it's just salmonella. raw meat. But I think, raw meat. I think I wouldn't be as freaked out about like, you know, a fucking steak because I eat raw steak. It's not a big deal. But sure. the turkey is just fucking salmonella city. No, you do not want to eat raw. No. Poultry and then I don't want it on, on our fucking, like, on our beautiful rug and on our bar stools. <laughs> it like soaked into the bar stools. I, I have, no. yeah, I almost, I almost lost it. <laughs> it was great we didn't snap at each other like i was like how can i this is his fault i'm like no it's not damn it <laughs> yeah
2: good hey that's
1: progress yeah. yeah that's
2: like holding yourself in the moment and being right. like wait now hold on yeah it yeah, was an accident <laughs> it
1: was so great <laughs> it was it was a. Ma- it was a tidal also wave. from the way you just told it it was your fault <laughs> <laughs> well right before it happened i said Maybe we should have done this in the cooler because we were then going to transfer the bag into a cooler. And right after that, yeah, it totally it was me. <laughs> if it was anyone's fault, it was mine because it did slip out of my hand. I'm just saying, based on your the information <laughs> you gave
2: me, I'm not also like that. if you're like we should have done this in the cooler, and here's why, here's why. D- and you
1: just intentionally drop it. Thank God, I like for some reason hoard cleaning appliances. Wow, that's good. I I think everything went like.
2: You know what the funniest thing was? My sister made these mashed potatoes um, and she made them earlier in the day. And then she had Nora and I try them and they were perfect. They were so good. We were both like, ooh, like Mm -hmm. we both got big spoons. Just keep on eating. But it was like breakfast time. But we were like, "Mm, these are perfect. (laughs) When she served them at dinner time, they had turned a little sour. Oh, no. And we couldn't figure out like how or why. And she was super bummed because obviously like mashed potatoes are the key to Thanksgiving. And then later I was like, you know, and I'm kind of glad because if you had the original version, I would have eaten so much more. But instead it was like, it's like those tricks <laughs> that like girls, you know, that use, that were like, if I put extra pepper, I won't right. want to eat this or that, that <laughs> kind of shit. But it just like happened to us. I love so that. It was, like, I you know, use the yeah. flakes,
1: the like box of flakes of mashed potatoes. So it didn't taste good anyways, to begin with. You do instant mashed potatoes? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, well, it's just me and Vince. I married a Midwesterner. That's what he fucking wants. Cyo camp. Come on, <laughs> that's what we do. We're fucking. We're not lazy. We're just like like a shortcut, you know? Yeah, true, true, true. That is weird. That I just don't care. I would think well, I'd I think care, but I don't. It's care. best. Yeah, like when <laughs> you when you're, and then we can talk, stop talking about Thanksgiving if you want. <laughs> I, I, don't. When I When we first met Vince and I, he was telling me about how at Thanksgiving he has to have that green bean casserole, mm. you know, the one with like the fake can, the can of fucking um cream of mushroom soup and the can of fucking green beans and then the onions on top. And I, we had never had that. And I was like, well, maybe we could try it. And I, we can make cream of mushroom soup and we can get fresh green. And I started like trying to make it nicer. And he was like, no no he like put his foot down he's like that's not what we fucking do I want the trash version of it
2: (laughs) because it has all the that's like the my uh, mother's many recipes that involved several cans of cream of something soup Campbell's cream of something soup you need the sodium. You need the like yeah. preservatives. All the different things are interacting
1: in a very specific yeah, way to get you taste. that flavor. And it just is the exact flavor you had when you were eight or whatever. Yes. I don't know That's why. But of... We never use cream of anything soup. And whenever we we didn't use something normal as a kid, I always just assumed that the company was anti-Semitic. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume my mom knew that something I didn't like. <laughs> cream of soup companies were anti-Semitic. So I probably like have spread rumors about certain companies being anti-Semitic just because we never use them.
2: You're, and it's just purely like Janet didn't like it. <laughs> exactly. My mom was really hardcore. She would not use margarine and she would not use anything but best foods, real mayonnaise. Any, yeah. like miracle whip was, uh, I remember being at friends houses when the mom would make us like a turkey sandwich and it was miracle whip instead of mayonnaise. I don't think on I've ever sandwich. had it. Oh, no it way. So weird. It's like it's 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 sweeter and Ew. like there's something else going on entirely as opposed to just this is your like sandwich meat moisturizer <laughs> that you're using to get the bread down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you've had Miracle forever. Whip. It brings a whole like no. it's almost going into the ambrosia area oh, of, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Yeah, what yeah. is what it, it's too desserty on like a
1: turkey or salami sandwich. It's I'm crazy. telling you the the composition of my refrigerator when I am Moved in with a guy from the Midwest has changed so (laughs) drastically. There's shit in there that I would have never, like, what's the thing of, um, not Miracle Whip, but it's the whipped cream one. Cool Whip? Cool Whip. And then we have like, I would never, I, my mom was always big on like real maple syrup. You have to use real maple syrup and he, he wants the fucking log cabin or whatever. So we have both of them. It's just,
2: it's like what a sitcom, you know? It's, you know what it is? Uh, I will never not think it's a great conversation when there's a group of people at a dinner table. God, I miss people. Um, when there's a group of people at a dinner table or at a restaurant or whatever, yeah. and people start talking about, like, what was your blank yes. from blank? Child- so it's like. Yes. People talking about like arguing about whether Cheetos are better than cheese puffs, which I actually thought for so long. I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. I used to think cheese puffs were were made for movie brand. <laughs> I w- I always thought those were fake. Really? I was like, well, it, like, yeah, prop they cheese, cheese props Cheetos. <laughs> like they can't use the Cheeto brand, they're, so they're calling them
1: cheese puffs. They're probably not. Oh, I see what you're saying because they look so real too. They're like they're not real, fake. They look like. Yes, they, do. they just look they like they look like um, tiny, tiny, pa- tiny.
2: They look like packing yes. Um,
1: materials. Yes. But orange. Yeah, I love that. What What was the thing your family ate the most, you know, every night? What was your like normal meals? Did you have Minute pizza rice? Fried it for, yes.
2: Minute rice, uh, frozen corn like, as a, as a, de- as a, as a dessert, as a <laughs> vegetable. <laughs> you're poor, poor Karen. My mom, like, my mom was hardcore about it. it has to be real, like, dairy products, basically. But then she was like, she would absolutely thaw out a thing of, like, Brussels sprouts and boil Ooh. them and then just put them straight on your plate where you're like, sorry, how, as an eight year old, am oh I supposed God. to get this down? It's like it's a, disgusting. that's like a sitcom joke on your plate. Yes. Yeah. She, it, but minute rice got us through. It was always like a minute rice, some dry chicken breasts. Yeah, um, we definitely did like the rice aroni thing, and yeah, yeah. But we never, my mom never did stuff like hamburger helper, which I was always like,
1: oh, I that, wanted that. It so like bad. standard. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Once she got a job, we stopped. But we'd go to what my my like soft spot is for Mimi's Cafe. You know that place? Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually when I was on Doughboys, I did Mimi's Cafe because I was like, that's my like childhood <laughs> love. It's like a, it's a faux French cafe, like Denny's type of thing for anyone listening. It's just like, but it's not French at all. No, but I
2: actually never heard of it until that one that was over
1: by your old apartment. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was new, but it's been around. Oh yeah, it was in Irvine in the eighties or nineties, I think. Yeah,
2: <laughs> me, <Mimis. laughs> I loved it. I,
1: I loved it. It was like when our family was happy. We that's when we were there. Yeah. Um. What else? What do you got? What are you watching? What are you doing? Oh shoot. Okay. So did you watch The Undoing?
2: The Nicole Kidman, Hugh Grant. Oh, no, I started it and I hated it. But it gets. I you didn't
1: get to the twisty part.
2: It was a big twisty turny. Yeah. I, I didn't mind. I liked it. I, I, Hugh Grant, I can watch him read the yeah. newspaper. He is a brilliant actor. They were great. They were great. Her, I could stare at her pores all day long because they're not there. Yeah. Um, she is, how does she look younger than when she was in dead calm when she was 19 years Stunning. old? Nothing makes sense about Nicole no. Kidman. It's a, it's a, it's a Hollywood joy yeah. to watch a, a woman that gorgeous thrive, um, and just continue to be in a million things. Right. It's great. But it ended um and it's that thing is like it'll if i say one thing it'll be spoiler central so i know i know the
1: spoiler so i think i'll go back because i didn't find out till after we were like this is fucking boring this is just (laughs) fucking rich people like i i
2: think there's a real rich people aspirational it's almost like the kardashians for adults is what it feels like we're like you see donald sutherland playing the piano in that uh Apartment in New York with 80 foot ceilings and parquet floors
1: and a view of the park. And you're just like, (gasps) like that. That's what that's what it's all about. You know, I was in the middle of listening to this book. It's called uneasy street by Rachel Sherman. And it's just interviews with like aspirationally wealthy people and how they live their lives and what, and oh. they're all like pretty anonymous. So they openly talk and they're all in New York and they're all couples. And so one couple usually has an inheritance and in the other works and how that dynamic works and couple, you know, it's gay and straight couples, kids, couples with kids, everything. But it's like the, it's a peek into how like generationally wealthy fucking people live and i was in the middle of it so i and i was just like holy shit so that might have deterred me <laughs> that, a little sorry that's a book bu- it was an audiobook you were it's an audiobook to? uneasy street yeah wow it's really interesting
2: after the undoing ended i was on streaming hbo streaming i think we're so going to th- talk about the same show is it murder on middle yeah. beach Dude, dude Oh my god Okay, I When it started I was like the Someone dad did recommended it. it
1: to me The dad did it The dad did it The dad did it In the first episode but, No Okay, but how How many episodes are you in? So there's a total of four episodes There's only three that are up right now So we just We are like obsessed We watched it the minute it came out So we watched all okay. three. How many how, have you watched? How are you still on the dad when there's literally anyone else that's, to choose that's from? That's why I said, like, in the very it's, beginning, I was like, this is boring. It's the dad. And then it was like, hey, switcheroo. What's up? Multi-level marketing. What's up? Fucking family members. What's up? Like, what's up with the hottest fucking guy I've ever seen in my life? The documentary filmmaker who's, Zach <laughs> Efron? Yeah. He is total Zach Efron. He is. 2.0. But with, like a, but with a heartbreak.
2: His life has been horrifying. It's awful.
1: I feel so awful for that guy.
2: Every interview... I mean, here's the thing. It's funny to match that up, and it's an unfair comparison entirely, but to match that up against a show like The Undoing, where you can watch it trying to surprise you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then this thing comes on, and I'm just like, wait, what That's someone's lived Ah. life, and like, it's... And he's been making it for 10 years, so he's uncovering these things in this... I mean, it is... If you haven't seen Murder on Middle Beach... Yeah highly recommend and sorry for the spoilers but you'll well, see. Well, I don't think that's
1: the dad it's the first episode and I think that that's what everyone's assuming is that it's the dad in the beginning and then it just goes off the fucking rails, I feel like.
2: I, it is Here's, I just was like, it makes me feel like I'm from
1: the most normal family of all time <laughs> it definitely made me feel better about my insane family Like,
2: Yeah, but, but also it made me go, I think I don't know anyone from Connecticut I think that's like more importantly, (laughs) more importantly, what are those people doing over there? There's some intense living in Connecticut.
1: Yeah. And it's all like secretive. It's all like no one can know how many secrets we have.
2: There's it's it's about the secrets. They are. It's like their miracle whip. The secrets
1: in Connecticut. <laughs> they in, yeah. They got they got a lot of Miracle Whip in their closets. Yeah, they do. Along with those skeletons, uh, along it with a twenty-four foot skeleton. They uh, have
2: Miracle Whip. No, it's twenty-four feet. Well, how
1: how tall is it? Twelve. Fuck, that's not as cool. I'm the one that lied and said it was twenty. <laughs> I bought it because um, I, I love it. I also don't really understand like in- inches and feet. No.
2: My dad yelled at me once because I said something was it was something like this where I was like that's twelve feet tall and he goes what are you talking and it was it was like seven feet tall or yeah. something but he goes a ceiling's only eight feet tall and I was like why are you acting like that's something <laughs> that everyone is taught in school yeah. or whatever sorry I've never I've never
1: put up drywall like I didn't know that I didn't either well now I have a six over six foot husband to be like if he laid down how how many inches would this be.
2: Yeah. For social distancing. That's what I think (laughs) every time. Yeah. Is you're certainly not one Vince away from me right now. (laughs) That's right. And you should be. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Should (laughs) be. Yeah. um, That's so funny. Murder on Middle Beach. So fucking good. I'm so glad you watched it, too. So the last yeah. episode is, is this um, Sunday. But I assume I feel like we would have known if he solved it. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, because the whole thing like I've had you ever heard of table parties before? No, no. May, I have heard whole, of in like the whole multi-level marketing, what is it called, pyramid scheme. kind yeah. of like a similar thing I've heard of where it's just money. You're not even selling anything. It's just like people on top and people have to buy in to get to the top. I want to know what was really going on. First of all, like this the the documentary could have been
2: about that alone.
1: Yeah. And there's the dad plen- the there's da-
2: plenty. It gives and gives. I'm I can't believe there's only one more episode. I was hoping there was at least three more. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's just
1: like Sad Zach Efron has a future in in movies. So, oh, yeah. In documentaries. So, we'll see more of that. This is a huge spoiler, but
2: I'll just say this to you the part where he goes back to the house and the woman who lives there is a
1: grief counselor. <gasps> Lost oh. her mom, too. Oh. oh. And then the thought like of that when he's standing in his old bedroom, like, the thought of standing in my old bedroom makes me teary. But also, your mom was killed there? Not, yeah. you, not in his bedroom. No, no spoiler. It's just, like, heart-wrenching.
2: It's horrible. And, like, he said... Like, the, like my cha- my whole life changed immediately. Like it just yeah. all changed like on a dime which is, it is that thing that makes me of me recording our <laughs> this past minisode in my bedroom where it's li- oh, just yeah. literally piles of like old books. Your and childhood bedroom, yeah. My parents changed my bedroom like my foot wasn't out the door <laughs> and my mom was just like, get rid of all of this. She fucking H- tv would that shit the minute you she's, walked out the door. She's like, we need an office and we need a Place to do sit-ups with this weird machine that got put in here in 1987 has never been touched again. Never, it never worked and it hasn't been touched. So
1: don't <laughs> yeah. worry about it.
2: But it's still fucking here if you want to try it. But it's repping. It's repping the the abs we've all dreamed of. That's, that's our aspirational abs machine I love that's it. in
1: my room for some reason. I mean, are there real abs? They're only aspirational. Um, yeah. Let's see. Murder on Middle Beach. Mandalorian. I'm kind of being forced to watch that. Oh, relationship watching it sure good it's good practice you give yes. you receive yes you know how right. i said last week that i was really obsessed with um dollhouses, like um mid-century modern doll houses okay sure. my new thing that i'm obsessed with scrolling um are bees <laughs> because i was there was this. Have you, do you know there's this thing called cottagecore have you heard of it No, it's this like aesthetic lifestyle, uh, mostly, um, women and, uh, who have this, it's almost like a, like a little house on the prairie style aesthetic, like back to the prairie, making things with your hands. Everything is twee and darling. And, Mm. and I think, you know, like baking things. So like the, um, quarantine is really fucking boosting it. So sure. I I was like, this sounds very Mormon. It does, but it's not. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's mil- it's very millennial and like Gen Z ish. So I was like, what if I start raising bees in my backyard? <laughs> and then I looked it up for five minutes, and it's really fucking hard. So instead, I'm just following um, this Instagram called <laughs> Mister Dot Mrs Bee Rescue, and it's this couple in San Diego who go to like people call them, and they're like, hey, there's bees in my wall, and like they just and they film it, and it's fucking fascinating. Like they pull out these honeycombs and they're like, here's, this is the queen. And here's how old you can tell by this. And it's obsessive. It's obsessive and I'm obsessed with it. Okay. Well, (laughs) Mr. Mrs. Bee Rescue.
2: I, you might as well say like, I want to raise baby sharks. Like bees. (laughs) What more painful and violent kind of pastime? No, I'm
1: not talking about, I'm not raising wasps. Bees aren't. (laughs) They're like little bumblebees, you know. They sting you. Yeah, but not me because they probably uh, like
2: me. Oh, I see. You're the Snow White of bees. Good. <laughs> Would you have a bee beard,
1: like, yeah, like in the Guinness Book definitely. of World Records? I. Uh, it's it's like little Red
2: Riding Hoodish, you know. It's like. Um. Wait, that reminds me. Uh, the last movie that I saw in the movie theater, my friend Rob Boski and I, um, we. We were writers on our show together, but then we just became we would just go to the movies all the time. Mm-hmm. And we kind of didn't care. It was just like, let's go yeah. see a movie and see what we can What's starting. Find. Yeah. So one of the last movies I saw in the movie theater was this documentary about a woman and it's called Honeyland. Oh. And if you like bees, you might want to check oh, this shit. film out. 'Cause it's a documentary where the documentary filmmakers went and kind of like lived there and it's kind of fascinating and she's a in beekeeper? a way. She that's <gasps> what she does and she like talks to her bees and <gasps> it's me. It's good. It's good, but it's also like um it's that kind of thing where we're so Inured in ourselves Mm -hmm. in America and thinking like this is how everyone is, or uh, we think everything's westernized. Yeah, it's amazing to go watch a beekeeper in North Macedonia Mm. and what her jam is on the day to day. Uh, She lives with her mom in this house that seems to not have electricity. Wow, and her mom is really old, and it's just like you got to see it. It's it's a really beautiful movie that we at first, Rob and I were just kind of like okay what we'll go they see they that I, you know what it was i was late and so we were supposed to see something else and then we had to go see the b what's movie. it called but then honeyland
1: honeyland okay
2: but then once we saw it like we were like we talk about it and we th- we were both like yeah we i think about that yeah, movie all the time yeah. like it's one of those guys i love
1: that okay oh that just reminds me of did you see the happiest season that just went up on hulu and it's uh, it's created and directed by Friend of the Family, Cleo Duvall And also was written as oh. well By Friend of the Family um, From Wild Horses, Mary Holland Who's the fucking yes. Her character in that movie is Like the best character I've ever seen on In a movie It's She's weird and I <laughs> love her in it so much She's it's, the greatest yes. Mary Holland is
2: a Friend of the Family And just a great individual Like yeah. A great person to run into in a green room Backstage at a show She's just a lovely human being But everyone is So I feel bad that I haven't seen that movie yet Because everyone on Twitter Loves it they're raving about it. They're they're talking. They're getting into it. Yeah. Like
1: I got choked up in it at the end. You know, at the end of like... It's a rom-com. So, of course, like it pulls at all these heartstrings and shit, which I didn't even know sure. I had them anymore. And it <laughs> you worked. You do.
2: They're in there. <laughs> yeah. I, I People are... What I love is people are talking about it and they're talking about like apparently... Um, If it is on Hulu, it had its premiere numbers were were the biggest they've ever done. Amazing. Yeah, it uh, it makes me so happy for yeah. all those people. It's such a talented, um, astounding group of people yes. in the first place. And then basically, yeah, yeah there should be a lesbian rom-com. Yeah. There should be there should be all those things. Yeah. Congratulations to to Mary Holland, to Clea Duvall, to Dan um, Levy. Oh, Dan Levy's in it. Uh-huh. Oh, I have have, Jesus! I have to see this thing. He's great. I read a book. I'm just finishing it now. That was so good. So, um, I think his name is pronounced Mikkel Jolette. Oh, Jolette. I just
1: talked to you about it like three episodes ago. <laughs> oh. Did about Hollywood Park? Yes.
2: You told me about it, yeah, on the podcast. Oh, that's horrifying. (laughs) Don't remember that. Oh no, yes, I do because I said, "Oh, I have it now. Now I can read it." (laughs) Okay. Oh well, I read it. I did it. I read it. I read a big, long, actual hardback book. Yeah, and it is. He was in Sinanon as a child. Yeah, it's like so it is. so bananas.
1: It's so. It's unbelievable. Oh, it's so heartfelt. I highly recommend listening to it because his, you know, he narrates the audiobook and there's music. His music is in it. They're like interspi- interspiced, interspersed. <laughs> I read the hardback.
2: Oh, Maybe that's why I didn't think of it. <laughs> that's horrifying. Well, anyway. Well, I just, uh, I'm glad I got the vote. credit. I'm glad I got the credit. I- vote i also vote for that book. it's a double Z so oh. from karen and georgia and here is here is a podcast i listen to on my drive back or my drive up that is trigger 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 and uh-huh. be careful it's so it's such a sensitive topic but oh my god it's an old podcast called hunting morehead those canadian journalists what? know how to hunting morehead oh, and it's about um online uh child it's it's um it's about pedophile websites and child sex abuse materials which is i learned in this they don't call it child pornography because that makes it seem like that's somehow okay it's it's child sex abuse it's It's such an unbelievable podcast Like every episode I was like Oh my god and it was really compelling Really Uh, difficult
1: Like really difficult Um, I don't know if I'm in a good headspace to listen to that Right now
2: (laughs) I feel like no one is and maybe I shouldn't
1: make this recommendation But (laughs) holy shit
2: It's important stuff There are people working really hard to fight it And um, It brought up some very difficult questions That I think are It made it very fascinating I just think I feel like the Canadian journalists kick ass. Yes. They really—I yeah. don't know. You can't go wrong. Oh, I'll just say this real quick. Okay, my my uh, notebook in front of me from my therapy appointment this oh, morning. Oh, nice. Here's yeah. what my notebook says: okay. Hope is smart.
1: Oh, that's all. Okay, hope is hope smart. is smart. Oh, yeah, I love that.
2: Yeah, that's my big—that's uh, my big problem. Vulnerability, hope. These things that they all kind of connect, and I just, I find them repulsive. <laughs> I want no part. It's and because things were shitty for so long. Yeah. That it's just like, you... To hope for better, to want something else. It was just like, I don't have time for that and it's not gonna. It's happen. for
1: other fucking people. It's for normal yeah. people who can like live normal lives. They get a have Yeah, hope.
2: Yeah. Today's that day where um, Spotify sent a bunch of people the, um, this is the podcast you've listened to the most this year and oh. how many hours, um, and so a bunch of people were posting it to us on Twitter. So I, I just want to say these are just the people who posted this today. They're ours and they're, this is your number one podcast. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Um, I love that. Aaron, Kens, Sammy, M, Bex, Megan, <laughs> H, which I think her name is Heather, but it just says H. Um, Karina, Kells, Alex, Emily, Lynn, Maddie. Someone named Antagonist, Ashley and Natalie all sent nice. us pictures of their of their Spotify thing. And one person I can't re- I didn't write down which one listened to 17 hours of our show in a row. <laughs> oh my god! Are you, honey, are you okay? Honey, what you, were you on the longest road trip of all? time? <laughs> oh yeah, maybe it's that. <laughs> <laughs> it was making me laugh. But thanks you guys because people so were cool. being so sweet and saying I've spent the last year with you and Aww. and saying super. super. Super lovely messages because they got their notification. So they were letting us know. That's so
1: cool. I didn't know that was a thing. I love it. Oh, that's great. Um, Rad. Exactly right news. Really quick. Okay. Here's some news about us. This Friday, December 4th at 5... O'clock Pacific Standard Time, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Karen and I are doing a live streaming of our mini sewed. So the mini sode is yes. going up on Monday. You'll be able to watch it as a live stream on Friday if you're in the fan cult. So it's only on the fan cult. Make sure that your fan cult membership
2: is up to date. Right. Because uh, so that so you can get in there and then be there for the first time that we.
1: Do something live oh, that isn't an actual live show. Oh my god! There might be like a Q and A. You might be able to ask a couple questions. We might. We don't know what we're gonna fucking do. Elvis, I'm sure we'll stop by because I'm gonna force Vince to bring him into the room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's going to be so many surprises. Yeah, um, I
2: can't wait to put on makeup. I'm just like looking around the room. <laughs> what can um, I, there's yeah, a light I might switch. might show you what painting see, Finally,
1: see Karen's light switch.
2: <laughs> I'll read what the uh, what
1: all those books are on that bookshelf Great. back there. It's, it's going to be wild. God. And then we have a podcast network, too. Did you guys know that? We do and yeah. we have a fucking shit ton of rad podcasts on it. It's like it feels like this growing family and I'm so excited. And so this podcast will kill you return for their fourth season um on Tuesday and they are doing typhoid fever, which is so awesome.
2: This podcast will kill you is one of our foundational podcasts. That's we right. started this network with them. We are talking about all the new kids all the time, mm-hmm. but this podcast will kill you has been there from the beginning and they have been killing it yes. from the beginning. Aaron and Aaron. Have a, my God. They're so good. They have such a, they have a huge fan base and we really, uh, admire and appreciate them. And we're so glad that they're on this, this podcast network. Definitely. Because the idea that they weekly Get to bring and explain to you <laughs> it's different so diseases, cool. it's so communicable
1: diseases. Cool, they're visionaries. They are. It's so cool. Um, oh, and then Murder Squad is doing this week uh, Matrice Richardson's death, which I covered oh, a wow. while ago, and is like just one of those cases that can't you can't get out of your mind. I can't wait to hear what Paul Holes has to say about this case because it's so confounding and so yes. sad, and clearly there's some big fucking issues with the police department. Uh, uh, surrounding yes. it. So take and a listen the to that. Connect-
2: And the connections of the people involved right. in the police department. Right. That's very upsetting. And finally, some very exciting news. We've been talking about it. Hopefully you've listened to the trailer, but our um, Law & Order SVU podcast... <laughs> Hosted by Kara Klink and Lisa Traeger. It's called That's Messed Up and it is premiering on Tuesday, the 8th. They're hilarious
1: and it's fucking magical. And I, it's so, it's such a cool concept. They're interviewing people who have been on the show. Lisa has auditioned for SVU before. They have these <laughs> weird connections. It's just, and they're both such a lovely, funny women.
2: Yes, they're hilarious. They're both. Very talented comedians in their own right and um, have been doing stand up for a long time. So them coming together and and recapping their favorite show and many, many, many people's favorite show. Mm-hmm. Um, Law and Order SVU is is just going to be great. We're so excited. Yeah. So definitely rate, review, subscribe. Uh, they're coming out Tuesday, December
1: 8th. It's That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. So speaking of Canadian journalism, it's funny you brought that up. So I'm doing this story from Canada that I had heard about vaguely, but didn't know a lot about. And now I'm amazed by and I'm doing starlight tours, a.k.a. Saskatoon freezing, the Saskatoon freezing deaths. Okay, I've never heard of that. Oh, okay. So I got information from the website The Conversation, an article by Michelle Stewart, the Saskatoon Star Phoenix, a bunch of articles there, but one and by Jason Warwick, um, and CBC articles, one by Dan Zakreski. The Washington Post article by Denine L. Brown, McLean's article by Megan Campbell, um, Criminal, of course, does an excellent episode, uh, where they interview someone who's, you know, really involved in the case. Of course, it's good. And then there's a, a book that talks about this called Dying for Improvement by Shireen Razick. So this is the Starlight Tours. All right. Let's talk about Saskatchewan, Karen, which is, I know, one of your favorite topics. Um, it's a pro, huh? It's a province. <laughs> in Canada too. It's in Canada. Saskatoon. Sask- <laughs> Saskatchewan is definitely a province in Cana- in Canada. As of October 2020 in, 20- 20- in Canada, as of October 2020, just recently, Saskatchewan has the highest crime severity index in Canada and is said to have the highest murder per capita rate in all of Canada. Oh, welcome to fucking Saskatchewan. Wow. Uh-huh. The largest and most highly populated city in Saskatchewan is Saskatoon Saskatoon Yes Which is Woo! It's between Alberta And Manitoba You guys Since we all know Where those are It's right in the middle um, Saskatoon has a population Of over, over a quarter Of a million people And I went into Our um, My favorite murder email Just to find someone Describing what it's like there. And uh, someone named Harawa said, I'm from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, up in Canada, where we are known for the freezing cold and the flattest land you can imagine. They say if your wife leaves you, you can see her going for three days. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, "My attempt at a dad joke, but it was excellent. It was excellent, but it, not to talk too much. It is—they call it the Paris of the Prairies. So it seems like a lovely oh. little city, but um, it does have the second highest crime rate in the province, and that includes crimes committed by law enforcement. Oh. So." According to government statistics, about 75% of the male prison population and 90% of the female prison population are native Canadians or First Nations people, a statistic which is at least in part due to systemic racism and mistreatment by police officers. So one of those racist practices is what's been coined by the locals as starlight tours. So once thought to be just an urban legend or a rumor, A starlight tour describes a practice by police officers picking up often inebriated or rowdy indigenous people. And instead of taking them to the station for booking or to the drunk tank to sleep it off, um, they're driven to the outskirts of town, kicked out of the vehicle into the often below freezing temperatures and with the without adequate winter clothes and made to, uh, walk back to town on foot or die trying. So there's nothing to, there was nothing to prove that those weren't just rumors, uh, until one man made it back alive. And this set off a huge fucking firestorm in the city. So. On the night of January twenty eighth, 2000, uh, it's freezing cold, and Daryl Knight, I think he's about 30, he's a member of the Cree Nation. He's hanging out at his uncle's apartment when sometime before dawn, there's like a little fight that breaks out. Daryl's not involved, but he had been in trouble with the law before, and he had promised his family that he wouldn't, you know do anything wrong. So he left the party being like, I'm not because someone called the cops. He's like, I'm not going to be here when they get here. He doesn't want any trouble. Exactly. But he had only made it to the street before he ran into those cops that were on their way. Um, And thinking he was involved in the fight, they arrested him. So the officers put him in the back of their cruiser and they take off with Daryl, of course, thinking that they're going to throw him in the drunk tank or, you know, uh, whatever. But as they head in the opposite direction of the police station, Daryl starts to get nervous and he's like, what the hell's going on? Um, he said it was like a chilling silence from the two cops who are white in the front seat. And um, he is freaking out a little bit and he, they drive him to an isolated spot three miles outside of Saskatoon. So there they shout to him, quote, get the fuck out of here, you fucking Indian. And they slam his face on the hood of the car. Uh. They remove his handcuffs and get back into the police car, leaving him stranded. It's sub zero temperatures. He only has on a light jacket for warmth. And he yells after them as they drive away, like, I'm going to fucking freeze out here. And they say, that's your fucking problem. So Daryl finds himself alone on the outskirts of town. It seems like an industrial area. Um, And he later said, I thought I was dead, but something told me don't give up. So he starts walking. Um, he gets what he later says felt like 50 miles since it was so freaking cold. Um, yeah. but it was actually about two miles and he ends up making it to a power plant, which seems deserted because it's like five in the morning at this point. Mm. So he desperately bangs on a door. There's no answer. He continues around the building, banging on doors, hoping there's somebody there. Um, and at this point, he's not even cold anymore. He uh, he's starting to warm up, which oh. sounds great. But as Daryl knows, and anyone who spent you know their life in this climate knows, that's actually one of the last signs of hypothermia before death. As you heat up mm-hmm. and you start peeling your clothes off. So finally, fucking against all odds, a night watchman at the power plant on his rounds hears the banging and opens the door to find Daryl standing there. There's icicles on his eyebrows and eyelashes. The night watchman's like, what the hell are you doing here? It's five o'clock in the morning. And Daryl tells him about the police ditching him. The night watchman's like, I don't, doesn't really believe him, but he lets him in anyways and calls a taxi for Daryl. Daryl uh-huh. says, thank you. You probably saved my life. So Daryl finally makes it home. And, you know, now he's certain that those rumors about the Starlight tour is real. His family want him to call the police and report what happened, but it's, you know, of course he doesn't want to. That's, you can't call, you know, that's who did it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And you know how police cover for each other. Um, but he had memorized the two officers badge numbers before they ditched him, which is pretty incredible, but he just didn't want, um, he didn't want to call the cops. He just wanted to stay quiet, but then, Just one day after Daryl's Starlight Tour, the body of 25-year-old indigenous man Rodney Nastis is found shirtless in an industrial area just north of the power plant where Daryl had walked to. So, same area. Um, And then a month later, on February 3rd, 2000, 30-year-old Lawrence Wegner, again, another indigenous man, is found in a field near that same area. Um, Mm -hmm. Both of them are dead. He uh, Lawrence is wearing only a t-shirt, socks, and jeans you know, it's the middle of fucking February, and was last seen alive early on the morning of January thirty first. So there's an inquest into their deaths. And they come up inconclusive. The report on Wagner says the cause of death was hypothermia from prolonged exposure, of course, but there's no mention of homicide or how he got out there, you know, what he was doing out there. And in fact, when police had discovered his body, they had Hadn't treated the scene like a crime scene. So there's footprints everywhere in the snow. There's like looky-loos. Um, Saskatoon Police Sergeant Bob Peters later admits that the crime scene was contaminated because investigators, because uh, investigators curiosity and lack of training. Um, Wagner's mother, Mary, she says her son was wearing boots and an expensive jacket the night he disappeared, but they're never located. <clears throat> the only thing that changes after this inquiry um it's a jury inquest into the deaths as the jury recommends, quote, a standing order requiring police officers to record in their notebooks the names of individuals they take into police vehicles for whatever reason, which can you fucking believe that wasn't already in place like you have to write down if you take someone into custody for whatever reason them making that rule oh yeah now you need to take this fucking take a,
2: a binder and start writing names down okay well if they're trying to fucking kill people with the weather they're not going to write those names right. down so all these things are like it's all just a bunch of dumb bullshit red tape it all depends on you
1: believing that the police officer has the best intentions which clearly they don't
2: I mean, how, how are people, this is just like the story I did last week. How, how is the trust supposed to be there if the trust is broken over and over again? And then it's like, no, no, no. but we're in charge
1: and let us, let us manage ourselves. Totally. It's, it's we'll be our own, we'll oversee ourselves. That doesn't work. Okay. Okay. So, um. So these deaths, though, give Daryl The confidence he needs to come forward with his story And so the media picks it up And obviously the treatment Of Aboriginal people causes Just total outrage in the province There's protests and You know, angry people and Amnesty International And other groups get involved And demand action So all these people write letters to the local newspaper And like call into local talk shows And uh, saying How angry they are And uh, one call comes into the star phoenix But this caller tells the reporter To look into the paper's archives For a story that was published Before written by journalist Terry Craig So the story is about a mother Who claims the police hadn't properly Investigated her son's freezing death So he, this, uh, the journalist goes And finds the article it's, Her son was named Neil Stonechild And he had died on the outskirts of town In 1990 Ten years mm. earlier So Neil Stonechild was a Salto First Nations teen. Uh, he was just 17 in November of 1990. Uh, he was already known around town with social services, youth workers as a bit of a troublemaker. So he looks like that eighties, nineties, cool BMX. Dude, He looks like he'd been over the edge with Matt Dillon, like the kind of long hair in the back. So he'd been convicted of breaking and entering earlier that year. And it actually walked out of a group home for young offenders. He was supposed to be in earlier in the week. And so there was a warrant out for his arrest. But um, despite his antics, the social service workers who knew Neil described him as likable and pleasant. His issues were exacerbated by alcohol. But he was going to AA meetings regularly before he walked out of the group home. And one of his social workers said that he was a smart kid with a lot of potential and that he had a terrific personality and he could have been anything he put his mind to. So Neil and his friend Jason Roy go out drinking November 23rd, 1990. Um, just after midnight, the teens, uh, they've been drinking. They go to an apartment building because a friend of theirs is in one of the apartments babysitting. Um but she hadn't told them what apartment she was in because she was like, fucking, I'm babysitting. Stay away from the apartment. You're drunk. So they just start banging on all the doors, uh, which totally sounds like something my friends and I would have done at that age. You know, so that prompts someone to call the police. So Jason Roy, the friend, is cold and tired. He's like, let's just get out of here. Um But Neil doesn't want to back down. And so Jason ends up like ditching Neil and heads in the opposite direction going to another friend's house. And a few minutes later, though, he says two police officers drive up to him in an alley and they ask him for his name. And they say, do you know the young man sitting in the back of the seat of the car? They have someone in the back of the car. And he immediately recognizes that it's Neil. Jason, though, was also wanted at the time. And he also had a lengthy criminal record. So he gives the officers a fake name. He's like, I don't know. He says he doesn't know who Neil is kind of trying to get out of it. Um, He later says that Neil was screaming his name and blood running down his face as they drove away with him in the backseat of the car. Oh, my God. I know. When the cruiser pulls away, Jason says, Neil, swore and screamed at him. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. Five days later, on November 29th, 1990, 17-year-old Neil Stonechild's frozen body is discovered by workers in an undeveloped industrial area on the outskirts of Saskatoon. So he's found face down in the snow. He's only wearing jeans, a light jacket. He's missing a shoe. Um, and there's news footage from that time that just show him lying out there. It's not super close, but it's so disturbing. And I can't imagine that just coming up. I mean, it, it's so disturbing. The Saskatoon police concluded that he had died while trying to walk to an adult correctional center and that he was overcome by the cold. And of course, they deny that Stonechild was abandoned by the officers. And of course, his mom doesn't believe this. There's no way her son would have walked anywhere when the temperatures was below, it was 28 degrees Celsius, below 28 degrees Celsius. Um, also Neil's aunt. Reports that at the funeral home She and Neil's sister saw that He had cuts across the bridge of his nose There's He has bruises um, mm. It's obvious to them That he had been beaten up And Neil's uncle also says that he noticed Bumps on Neil's head and skin missing On his wrists, thumbs and hands And he thinks that maybe the scratches And all that came from Neil Trying to pull off handcuffs mm. Yeah On December 5th So that's like six days later the Saskatoon Police Service closed the investigation into the death of Neil Stonechild, despite the vis- visible injuries to Neil's body. Um, when the investigation is closed, it's done so before they receive the coroner's report or the toxicology report and prior to even, you know, completing witness interviews. So mm. they have no information, basically, and they close the case um, and they just state that the cause of death was hypothermia, which is like no shit. But what? is the fucking cause. Jason says that he spoke to police twice about his allegations. He says the police officer took a statement from him. He says he approached a homicide investigator several months later, but he never heard from the police again. Okay. So back to present day, which is the year 2000, Sto- um, star Phoenix reporter Leslie Perot publishes an article on February 22nd, 2000 that connects Daryl Knight's allegations with Stonechild's death a decade earlier. So she like, mm. you know, this fucking Canadian journalist ties them all together. Um, and it's thanks to this, I think, anonymous caller who's like, you need to look into this other case. It's like, I don't yep. think people had remembered it, maybe. So an inquiry opened open and the two officers who had allegedly taken Daryl Knight on his starlight tour, their names were Hatchin and Munson, and they testify that they didn't break any laws and that Knight was never assaulted. But they both have different stories individually of what happened. Um, and Hatchin claims that Daryl asked to be dropped off on the edge of town um his his attorney argues that daryl was well known to the police and had dealt with them before and had said to them look boys drop me off anywhere um Mm -hmm. just don't take me and just don't take me in like take me anywhere just please don't take me to the to jail the power plant was just where they happened to be so then munson's attorney denies that the drop off was motivated by racism um he said there have been other individuals around Saskatchewan who said that they have been dropped off by different police forces. Some are ad- aboriginal. Some are not aboriginal. I have my doubts that race was a factor. OK. Either way, could we get it to stop fucking
2: happening? <laughs> You're uh, acknowledging. I, I it's mean,
1: a practice that happens.
2: It, it, th- yeah. It's
1: they're intentionally trying to kill people by cold. Yeah. 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 Mm. So the prosecutor says that the officers deviated from the code of conduct and that they did whatever they wanted to do. Um, and their detainment of Daryl Knight became unlawful the minute they decided to take him anywhere other than the police station. Yeah. Yeah. Both officers are convicted of unlawful confinement in September 2001. Um, the maximum sentence for that is uh, 10 years, but they're only sentenced to eight months in prison. The Saskatoon Police Service does fire them after they're convicted, and the chief of Saskatoon's police service is also let go. Saskatchewan Justice Minister Chris Axworthy orders a review into the treatment of Native Canadians in, to, in the justice system, and Police Chief Russell Sabo apologizes to the Aboriginal Justice Reform Commission, saying the two officers, quote, failed to live up to their oath of office. Okay. Okay. So in a television interview, he also says that the abandonment of Aboriginal men by Saskatoon police, quote, happened more than once. And we fully admit that. And in fact, on behalf of the police department, I want to apologize. It's quite conceivable. There were other times. I think it's important we take ownership when we do something wrong and correct the behavior. So, wow. Yeah. Kind of unheard of. Maybe not in Canada, but
2: (laughs) Uh, sorry, is that there the race. He did say the race was a factor in that. Yeah. OK, good.
1: So then in 2003, the Saskatchewan um, provincial government holds a commission of inquiry known as the Right Inquiry, W-R-I-G-H-T, because it's led by Justice David Wright into Neil Stonechild's death all the way back in 1990. So they open that back up. Officers Larry Hartwig and Bradley Sanger argue their innocence, and they say they didn't have any contact with Neil that night. Neil's family testify and Jason Roy testifies to what he saw. Finally, they get a chance to fucking, you know, I'm sure had been so frustrating for them that no one was listening for fucking over 10 years. So after hearing from 43 people, testimony from 43 people over 20 months, the inquiry ends on May 19th, 2004, and the circumstances around Neil's death, unfortunately, are still considered officially unknown, which is very shitty, but Justice David Wright, does release his findings in October 2004 and his report, I think people weren't expecting much and it went way further than anyone thought it would. And he concludes that Neil Stonechild had been in police custody the night he died, despite the officers uh, denying it and that the marks on his wrists and his nose were likely caused by handcuffs. Um, Wright also accepted the account of Jason Roy and believed everything he said, you know, describing seeing a bloody, fr- his bloodied friend in the back of the police cruiser. Um, Jason's testimony led to he got death threats and he said he was so distraught he attempted suicide at one point, but ultimately he says he's glad he played a role in helping like and showing people that they can stand up for themselves. Yeah. So the officers Hartwig and Sanger are dismissed from duty in November 2004, within a month of their uh, reports release. They appeal, their appeal is rejected, and the courts uphold the findings of the inquiry. So it's fucking, you know, it's, it's not great, but it's an acknowledgement, I guess, which is so much further than, Ignoring it or covering it up. I mean, like the idea that
2: someone did get in there. It's also so overt. That's kind of what what's upsetting to me about it is. It's so overt and it's so egregious.
1: Yeah, It's like in your face, we can do whatever we want
2: and we're going to do it. In the most like it's one thing to be like, oh, this this kid, I'm you know, we're going to judge him because he has a record or something and we're going to like make life hard for him to try to get him to stop, yeah. you know, having a record. That's one thing that still is not a good way to do it. But it's it's not that Mm-mm. it's trying to kill a person by by putting them out into the freezing cold. It's in I mean, there's just, there's it's, like utter it's,
1: disregard. Of it's, a murder. it's murder. It's murder. Yeah completely. The report also goes on to say that relations between the police and First Nations people are problematic. And he includes a comprehensive, like, like notes on how police can start to earn back their trust because it's really fucked up at this point. Um, Saskatoon's mayor. That year is defeated in his run for re-election by a former officer who had broke ranks and spoke out at the inquiry. Whoa. Despite, I think, a lot of old school officers at the time were like, you know, don't fucking rat and all of, of that course. stuff. Um, the police chief was fired. And for the first time, a First Nations woman is appointed to head of the city police commission. So, wow. yeah, as per Wright's recommendations that he had uh, wanted implemented among other things there um they want he want aboriginal officers added to the municipal police forces in Saskatchewan which was done there's GPS tracking systems now are standard in all police cars um video surveillance now tapes anything that happens in front of the cruiser and as soon as the police open the back door uh, to place someone inside it immediately starts recording video and wow. an independent yeah an independent body now investigates Complaints against police. So uh, everything was enacted, which is, you know, pretty stellar. Yeah. Uh, It's, yeah, it's, it's surprising. The police invited local Amnesty International um, officials to head a diversity advisory committee. So all officers uh, took several days of diversity training and all new recruits have taken a full week of diversity training. Um, and the number of Aboriginal police officers has nearly doubled since the inquiry. Wow. Um, so a lot of steps have been taken to prove that you know, there has been a problem and we're trying to address it. I think that the, the, um, you know, the heads of the first nations people uh, are now kind of interacting with the police and the government to, to, to like really address these problems so
2: well and they're in they're not just interacting as people who have been victims of the police but now they get to be there with people with power they have you know the idea that there's a first nations woman in charge of the police commission is that what you said like that is so there's actually someone there that if you go and have an interaction there will be someone that that knows like what you're
1: talking about and believes you. What's so important, it seems to me, in this is that, um, that the police need to understand the uh, culture. Of the people that they are to, like to serve and protect. It's not the same, you know, it's just the, it's a different culture and an understanding and an empathy towards that is so important to like it. Clearly, they weren't seeing them as real people, as humans. And right. so it's so important this diversity training to, to be able to see that. So, OK, this <laughs> this is a little fucking bananas, a little tidbit, um, because, of course, everything isn't all grand and shit, of course not trying to say that. In fact, in 2016, a student named Addison Herman was working on a project about police brutality, a school project. And when he looked up the Starlight Tours on the Saskatoon Police Services Wikipedia article, like he went to the Wikipedia page to look up the Starlight Tours and the entry was missing. There's no entry on the Starlight Tours. So he, uh, you know, is young and smart. So it does a little tiny bit of digging and he's able to uncover that between 2012 and 2016 the Starlight Tours section on the page had been deleted several times Mm. and then he tracks the history of the entry and because you can fucking do that everything is traceable he uncovers that the registration on the IP address that had deleted it came from the Saskatoon Police Service yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so an internal investigation is done. Blah, blah, blah. It's all fucking lip service. On March 31st, 2016, a police spokeswoman announced that the section on Starlight tours had been deleted using a computer within the department, but said investigators are unable to pinpoint exactly who did it. But it's like, you can tell the fucking desk it came from. You know, it's, it's, it's 2016. You can tell these things. But they're like, we delete all our everything off the servers every 30 days. We can't tell who it was. We just know it was from the office. But the problem
2: is not where it got deleted from. The problem is that it got deleted right. because that's erasing the history right. that they are responsible for and that... That's the pro. That's the problem. This is colonization. This is the effect of colonization, mm-hmm. where then you have a whole group of people who are treated terribly, who are like the 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 entire thing of it is like you can break it down into like oh well we sorry we can't trace how that but it's like no this is whitewashing right that's what whitewashing is and that's why it happens because people do massively fucked up shit and then they just want to act like nothing happened and how dare you speak to us about how we do things Mm -hmm. how it's the how dare you thing when it's like no no how dare you right. think that you can just go kill children, go kill these people, just go put them out because that like that's those people need to be weeded out
1: and they need it. Like, I mean, obviously, that's what happened, but it's like you you can't make it. Well, go it away. didn't happen because there's in 2016, there's still someone in that fucking in that police station taking this entry down so it it didn't get weeded out you know
2: well right because you can't right. do a week of right. a sensitivity training and think that that's going to change racism it's you called can't. systemic for a
1: reason it's because yeah it's, it's in the veins
2: and also guess what if you did it it's still it might not be on wikipedia but it's in god's fucking wikipedia <laughs> guess what that guy you always it's claim st- that you love so much god he fucking knows. She. Well, she and also fuck- everyone in your town knows all the families of the people who were murdered. Right. know. So right. here's and here's what you're too stupid to know is 16 year olds can go in and, <laughs> and rewrite that entry on yeah. Wikipedia because yeah. that's what fucking Wikipedia is. Yeah. Like
1: this is modern life. Yeah, that's how modern life works. Right. And the th- I think the modernization of us now and the public having video, it's they said the same thing, you know, about the racism isn't getting worse. It's just being fucking filmed now. And that's the same thing happening in Canada where it's, you know, there's so many of these cases that are being brought to light and, you know, these people are like, this isn't new. You're just finally seeing it. You know, you're seeing what we see every fucking day. And you're finally listening to people who you've, it's been easy for you to ignore in the past. It's been easy for us to ignore in the past. Definitely. So recently, a local newspaper found that indigenous students in Saskatchewan are more likely to be stopped by police than non-indigenous students. Um, they receive indigenous people receive harsher sentences than non-indigenous people in Saskatchewan. And I said that 75 percent of the male prison population and 90 percent of the female uh, prison population is aboriginal. Um, it said government Commissions have been set up to address these concerns. Um, but, you know, schools on reserves get less funding. The majority of kids in the foster care system are Aboriginal. And, of course, as we know, a disproportionate number of Aboriginal men and women are missing and murdered each year. Um, mm-hmm. What's the podcast? It's Missing and Murdered. Yeah, that's a great. Po- there's like a couple seasons of that. I should definitely check out the podcast Missing and Murdered. Um, ever since Daryl Knight survived his Starlight Tour, his entire family has been living on the Salto First Nations Reserve outside the city. Daryl says he doesn't feel safe in, Sus- in Saskatoon. You know, he feels like a target. Um, right. There are other suspicious freezing deaths that are possible cases of Starlight Tours and some think they go back as far as the 1960s. So just last week, November 25th, 2020, marked the 30th anniversary of the death of Neil Stonechild. His big brother, Chris, remembers Neil as a caring person with a big heart. He says he loved life. Um, his mother, Stella, says, quote, not a day goes by when I don't shed a tear for my boy. And as of 2020, no Saskatoon police officer has ever been convicted for causing a freezing death for a Starlight Tour. And that is the story of Starlight Tours. Whoa! I've never heard of that. I'm glad you told it. It's a horrifying story. Yeah. I guess this is why we end on fucking hoorays. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. This is from Rebecca.Teskey26. My fucking hooray is, since I'm not going home for Thanksgiving, I decided to put the money I would have used for gas to different use and help provide groceries for a family in need. It wasn't much, but hopefully helpful. That's fucking awesome. Oh, nice. I know. Yeah, that's great. Let's see. This is from Annie McGonagall.
2: And it says, my fucking hooray is celebrating the one year anniversary of creating a social work department at a pediatric clinic serving primarily kids Mm. on the autism spectrum. Throughout this past year, myself and now two incredible other social workers have created a department that's provided intensive mental health care for over 50 new families in the Chicago area. So proud of my clinic, my coworkers, myself, but mostly my clients that work so hard every day. Mm. The kids I serve model strength, Courage and finding the good in all things. Woo! Oh my God.
1: Amazing. That's awesome. Amazing. Good job, Annie. Thank you for that work. (sighs) Um, Okay, this is from Chelsea Page Ricketts My fucking hooray is that today After over three years My super religious parents Who hate having a gay daughter Finally invited my girlfriend to Thanksgiving dinner I have no idea if meeting her Changed their view of my relationship at all But they're finally trying And that's all I can really ask Fucking hooray Wow I know That's big That's a huge step Incredible That's really something Yeah That's that hope we were talking about. That's some hope.
2: Yeah. That's some hope. Yeah. Yeah. This is from Michelle Zupa. And it says, my fucking hooray is that I got a real Christmas tree for the first time ever this weekend with (sighs) my boyfriend in for our new apartment together. Uh, Yay. My sister got a Christmas tree while I was home. And I swear to God. I mean... If you can get your hands on something that's like even if it just smells like pine, even just like it's a just like one of those (laughs) this air fresheners for your car, it smell it's so nice to be marking time in a in a way that like actually registers. Yeah. Like any little decoration that you have around your
1: house. Uh, Yeah, I love having string lights up that aren't Christmas colors, so I can have like little Hanukkah stuff, just like white and blue. It's festive. It feels good. It feels
2: good. What you celebrate, actually celebrate it this year, because I'm definitely one of those kind of people, whatever the holiday is, um, I'm one of the kinds of people It's like, it's not worth it. I'm, you know, whatever. I don't want to bother or whatever. And I think this year of any, the idea of just the celebration of it's the end of the year, um, it's... It's a time of like charity. It's a time of giving. It's mm-hmm. a time of caring about other people. All those things. However, it, whatever it means to you and whatever it looks like to you. Yeah. I highly recommend this be the year that you do it. Yeah. It makes a difference. That's like a good idea. it makes a difference on your own subconscious. Even totally. if you're like, oh, it's just me and
1: my apartment by myself. It's like a reminder every day to, to you know. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That. Also,
2: that it's like this is the season. Yeah. Overall, for people to, like, remember to care and, like, reach out to each other and connect and, like, now more than ever, basically... Seriously, put it, put up decorations for every fucking December holiday. Get it all going. <laughs> celebrate Go all Kwanzaa. of them. Go Kwanzaa. Do it. Kwanzaa.
1: Go Hanukkah. Christmas. If Je- you're pe- whatever pagan ritual Jehovah's you might be able to witness. look up and find. Plate. So none of
2: they don't celebrate it. <laughs> oh fuck! Then you have to take them all down. But that's a celebration in and of itself, and it's just showing yeah, respect. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. People have different beliefs. That's right. Yeah. Um, or just like that, can eat a ton of candy canes,
1: whatever that means <laughs> to you. Whatever you can do. Oh, I love it. Vince has the cookies that he ha- likes to have baked, like the just peanut butter with a um, Hershey Kiss in the middle. Peanut oh, butter those are
2: the goddamn yeah. best. He just has to those, have those every year. They're the they're so good. Yeah, when you get one of those hot out of the oven, uh, so that the Hershey's Kiss is a
1: little and bit milk sugar is like kind of crunchy on top. Oh my God, kidding? stop! Are you kidding? I'll me? drop some off for you.
2: <laughs> would you really yeah oh wait we can do an exchange because then i can give you that um, moisturizer oh, yeah, that yeah, i have yeah okay we'll do this i should probably get you a christmas
1: present too okay
2: oh fine i'll get you a hanukkah <laughs> present i'll get you seven hanukkah presents and stick yes. them in a bag yes <laughs>
1: um well thanks for listening guys we are uh, guys we here we are face to face guess what hmm.
2: it's today is december 1st mm. it's the last month of 2020 Ugh. we're wrapping this Fucking P.O.S. up in a big, beautiful bow, (laughs) a non-denominational bow. And we're going to we're going to get through these last 30 days and then have a true cleansing uh, ritual of some kind. Let's
1: do that. Let's do a witchy, crystal moon thing. Yeah, we need to. Right.
2: It's such. Isn't it weird that it's already December? In some ways, it's like the longest and
1: also then the fastest year of all time. Absolutely. Absolutely. These walls. That's all I've seen. (laughs) I mean, it is. But we're making it, guys. We're holding hands uh, together via podcast. We're doing it together and we're doing our fucking best. And even if we're not, we intend to at some point in our lives.
2: And, um, you know, and things are going to get better. Manifest it. Believe it. Light a candle. Say it to yourself. Um, Because it already is starting to. And um, they're. Yeah. And we can, uh, we can, this can all get better. We deserve, we deserve hope
1: is what we, yes, we deserve. do.
2: And hope is smart. That's right. So have a little. Yeah. And stay sexy. And don't
1: get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. Elvis, do you want a cookie?